0: Hello, everybody. This is Matt Pascucci from CCSI, and this is our CCSI Got Tech podcast, episode 12 of CISO Speak with Patty Smith, the CISO from Cox Automotive. Today, we're going to be speaking a little bit about vulnerability management in the cloud and how that affects your your cloud apps, your infrastructure that you're putting in the cloud, and just holistically what you have to do to be secure. So, Patty, thank you for having um, coming on to our podcast here. This has been awesome.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: So the first question here is, a lot of times we speak with clients, and due to the dynamic and elastic nature of the cloud, do you recommend using more of an agent-based approach, a scanner, or a hybrid of both?
1: So we've seen both agents and dynamic scanners used. Um, Both approaches have their own benefits. But to get the most accurate assessment of your environment, you may want to consider a hybrid approach. Uh, due to the ephemeral nature or short lived nature of, the, of a typical cloud environment where EC2 instances are spun up and torn down pretty freq- frequently, agent based testing makes a lot of sense as the agents themselves can accurately identify instances that are currently alive in your environment versus those that may no longer exist. Uh, the continuous scanning and near real time reporting of vulnerabilities can be achieved using agents on each instance. The downside, um, is that agents sit inside the EC2 instance and they may miss network related vulnerabilities. Uh, that's why a combination of both will give you the best picture of the vulnerabilities from both an internal and an external perspective of your cloud environment.
0: Gotcha. So using a little bit of both is usually mm-hmm. the way to do it. So you can't really rely on just one. All right. Gotcha. So yeah, we've seen that as well. We've seen a lot of clients who have come to us and they just they don't know what to do. So they're pushing more agent-based things and then they're looking for more of the network traffic. So it's, it's a good way to see using both of these solutions on how you can really take both of them combined to have a better approach. Yeah, but both will be
1: more of a holistic approach, right? Again, you can use just agents or you can use just appliances, but you may not get the full picture, full picture of the vulnerabilities.
0: Yeah. Gotcha, awesome. So another question that we see a lot is, with vulnerability management, you know, does this change depending on the service or deployment model that you're you're currently using?
1: It does. Um, we have to move in sync with the changes that are occurring in technology or we're, we're gonna become irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So for example, with Agile and DevOps methodologies of engineering, if we can't provide teams with meaningful and actionable data in a very timely manner, it becomes irrelevant or a bottleneck. And when I say irrelevant, it's because You know, it's nothing that can be done about a vulnerability that's present on an instance that's no longer alive in your account, right? I say bottleneck because if I'm telling an engineer of a vulnerability that was in their software after it's been deployed, then they have to backtrack. They have to fix it, they have to retest it, they have to redeploy it. And we've all been there in many cases, right? We're still there. Um, But we have to make vulnerability management more self-service and automated within the developer's pipeline. We should continue to have checks and balances, though, where security can act in more of a governance role, review the scans, follow up with the engineers. Um, but security also should help with enge- helping engineers get there. right? We help them integrate vulnerability testing into their development processes, provide them with education and resources to quickly figure out how to fix the problems themselves.
0: So it's not really as much a service or the point model, but more of a process, how you're working together mm-hmm. with other teams and kind of, making that liaison between the departments.
1: Right. I mean it really has changed a lot because you have to really educate developers to secure mm-hmm. their own code and provide them the, the ability to self identify their own problems versus okay. coming to them afterwards.
0: And do you see that from that standpoint, you know, with vulnerability management in the cloud or wherever that you can the, the quicker you can identify, the less costly it is from either security I mean, or just, you know, cost of development.
1: Yeah, studies have been done on that. I, yeah, that's that whole shift left uh, approach, right. right? Where, you know, put it earlier to the left in the in the developer's pipeline. Have them self-identify mm-hmm. their problems because once that code has gone to production and now the security team is coming to them asking them to fix problems that are found, yep. it takes so much more time and resources and money and effort to get the problem resolved. Yep. And Do it earlier. That,
0: we see that it's just such a pro of doing this work up front is you're saving money and resources and time everywhere. Mm-hmm. Great. So another one that we get asked quite frequently is how do you recommend, you know, doing a, a metrics program for cloud vulnerabilities? So you have systems in there that are constantly changing the, uh, the elastic nature of the cloud has been extremely helpful, but also we want to be able to measure how our program is doing. So what are some things you've done?
1: Sure. Um, so it's, it's different in the cloud because vulnerabilities cannot really be tracked based on IP addresses in the cloud environments. Right? The IPs are constantly changing. Um, what we've been doing is we've been tracking them based on the accounts. Uh, we know which business units and engineering teams own and manage each specific account. Um, we don't track the number of vulnerabilities in each cloud account. We track the types and the categories and the severity of the vulnerabilities within each account. This is because the quantity of vulnerabilities is pretty irrelevant. The number of instances in any account varies dramatically depending upon when the, the scan actually occurs. And that's if you set it up correctly, right? So that's, we've been focusing more on the types of vulnerabilities, the severity of vulnerabilities, but less about the counts.
0: Got it. So you're, you're taking more of a focused approach of you want to have particular business units potentially um, you know, having less of a severity so you can kind of mm-hmm. reduce risk in that way.
1: I mean, ultimately, success is determined by eliminating the vulnerability completely from the environment, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of how many how many times you see that same vulnerability in the in the environment, um, so it's not really about the number going down, but it's about getting rid of the actual vulnerability itself. It. And there's a number of ways to do that, right? I mean, there's um, what we've been doing is, you know, setting up. Uh, a repository of AMIs, Amazon Machine mm-hmm. Images. Mm-hmm. Those Amazon Machine Images, which what all the instances are built off of, um, those are checked for vulnerabilities, and those are updated with patches and Got updates.
0: It. So more of a golden image yep. type of approach where you know that if you release this, the likelihood of having vulnerabilities is a lot less.
1: you fixed it at the root, yep. at the root cause, right?
0: So that and hearing a theme here, fixing it early, mm-hmm. staying safer yep okay very cool so um, another question you know just as we're going through this here is you know we see a lot of vendors in the space today you know, they're all over the place there's constantly you know people that are you know looking to make something new or go out there um, how do you choose and for you know for our clients and our, our listeners here how do you choose a good vulnerability management vendor or provider we've mm-hmm. seen people that are Um, heavily just used in the cloud or we see things like you said more of a hybrid approach so what are some recommendations that you've seen after you've gone through this?
1: Right so vulnerability management vendors right we found that the leaders in vulnerability management uh, they've been the leaders and they've really been the leaders in adapting their products to cloud-based applications Mm. so the ones that you always hear about whether it's Qualys or whether it's Veracode for vulnerability of apps or or infrastructure they've really been um, You know adapting their products Mm -hmm. to be uh, Cloud friendly. Yeah
0: So the cloud first mentality because essentially we're seeing everything move towards the cloud um, And then now we're seeing a lot more of like a hybrid approach So if we can have something where you can put physical appliances in for on-prem stuff that you still need it And then have more as a maybe an AMI image for Qualys or or, um, you know, tenable or something yeah. along those lines where you can say people are going to scan the cloud and we're still going to have the same console at the end of the day right. report back.
1: Right. I mean, there's things to think about though too, like any any provider that you're looking at for vulnerability management, there's a couple of key things that you should be sort of asking yourself or, or seeing whether or not their products do, right? Do they have the ability to test in a dynamic mm-hmm. ephemeral environment, right? Do they have the ability to get real-time visibility into your environment? Um, do they track and report on findings accurately in live hosts only Mm. right because again your hosts are Mm. they're constantly changing right um do they have minimal performance impact on your environment Mm -hmm. that's with any technology especially security technologies right you got to take a look at is it going to cause especially with agent-based solutions exactly do they cause any um, performance issues um and do they have the ability to deliver near real-time results directly to your engineering teams. Mm-hmm. Again, that's the key. Like we talked about before, shift left, mm-hmm. right? You don't always want all the results coming just to the security team to then go to the engineering team with the findings. Yeah. Do these tools have the ability to send information, whether it's via Slack or whether it's some automated way Working directly to those engineers? Yep.
0: Yep. yep, quicker the better. And we I've seen too, with a lot of these other vendors now, they are they're heavily going towards the agent-based approach mm-hmm. with cloud because they can scan quicker It's on the system you know even if it one I'm thinking right now is it's Windows based agent it sits there it pulls the registry and right it right off the that it's continuous right which is something we'll speak a little bit later but that's that's what I've been personally seeing and I think I think you're seeing the same thing mm-hmm. so um, from that standpoint too um, vulnerabilities can be more than just software flaws like we're talking with the coding and stuff like that um, that we're seeing with developers push out how do you see either patching issues or misconfigurations or software flaws um, From your experience, how does the cloud make this either easier to fix or harder to manage?
1: Yeah. Honestly, we didn't have as much visibility in our on, on-prem environments. Um, there are so many cloud-native tools that allow for real-time alerting. What I would recommend is to research and invest in these tools having visibility especially misconfigurations mm-hmm. is invaluable to teams
0: yeah because that's that's one thing i think just from dealing with this personally and with a lot of our clients is it's a it's a less more of the patch issue we're okay. starting to see now because people are starting to wrap their hands around that and more and more towards misconfigurations you know especially like you said s3 buckets uh, the cloud allows that more dynamic way of things moving so being able to automate a lot more um, mm-hmm. with the cloud, you know, really helps with re- with the reduction of risk. But it also at the same time, you could be pushing out things that, at a, at a larger scale, that you need to pull back.
1: Yeah, so, and I think that's important that people, you know, everybody that's in a security role within an organization. Um, should be looking at that because a lot of people are focusing on just the core vulnerability management mm-hmm. tools mm-hmm. Um, and not looking at misconfigurations or compliance-related tools to look for those misconfigurations. And yeah. we are seeing that that is um, it's a huge risk that needs to that needs attention.
0: Perfect. Yep, because that's great Because we're we're seeing the same exact things with multiple clients. So the industry is more shifting towards that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with these cloud providers that you're you know, you're scanning now and you're using these tools in there. Um, Do you see any restrictions on what you can and cannot do from a vulnerability management scanning? Because I know with like Amazon, if you're going to do any type of penetration test to systems that are there, you have to alert them first.
1: Right. Yeah, so there are restrictions, um, but most are to ensure that you're only testing your own systems Mm. and applications, right? Especially the fact that the IP addresses are always changing, right? (laughs) You're setting up your scans to, (laughs) uh, to look at certain IP addresses and those are no longer your IP addresses. You don't. they don't want you to be and you don't want to be testing other people's environments or other companies environments um, you know initially we had to notify our provider aws each time we wanted to run a vulnerability scan however uh, we've determined our scanning cadence at this point we've firmed up our process mm-hmm. and we were able to provide them all of the information uh, to the cloud provider one time for all go forward external scans Nice. So, so I think once you've matured in your vulnerability management program mm-hmm. and you kind of know what your process is and you have those discussions with your provider, um, they will allow you at that point to, to set it up and, and you provide them with that the cadence. And
0: what kind of things did you have to do to build their trust? Is there a certain checklist from... From the cloud providers, or it's just like we've seen you do this multiple times now. We haven't had any known issues. Continue as business as usual.
1: Yeah, I don't remember there ever being a checklist. I think it was just a continual, you know, continued partnership with them, where mm-hmm. we would continue to have the conversations with them. Okay. We also learned from them. We learned a lot from um, AWS as to how we should be conducting these scans. Got it.
0: Perfect. So. We see customers now. We we're speaking more about the hybrid before, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are moving from an on-prem environment to the cloud. Sometimes they're keeping things, you know, they gotta have some type of physical presence. Um, but what have you seen from a cloud vulnerability standpoint that's specific to the cloud that you recommend our clients do first before they do anything else? Because now they're gonna put they're gonna put their big toe in the water, mm-hmm. and they have a very you know mature program physically on their network, but they're gonna start putting things in Azure, or Google, or Amazon. Is there anything specific that you would say, before you do that, you know, like, here's a warning, or make sure you get this done first?
1: Well, I would say uh, the first thing to do is do, do your own research, right, and set up a, um, set up a, a set of documents or best practices or standards around your cloud security environment right, looking at CIS benchmarks, mm-hmm. um, make sure that you have the right set of uh, standards in place, that would be number one. But once, once you're really ready to start going forward with your vulnerability management program, one of the things that we found to be um, a, a good first step is to build a repository of like approved AMIs mm-hmm. or images that are regularly tested for vulnerabilities um, and updated for your engineering teams to use if this process can be implemented early and managed consistently, it's gonna dramatically reduce vulnerabilities in your environment. Um, also make sure that instances within your environment, you know work with your engineering teams, make sure that uh, these instances are not long lived. right? Environments should be torn down and rebuilt very frequently and always use the latest and greatest mm-hmm. AMIs or images um, with up-to-date patches and software versions. The teams that we've seen doing it that way um, we see very little vulnerabilities in their yeah. AWS accounts.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that's the theme that we're hearing right now. You know, getting there quicker, getting there often to stop vulnerabilities from either um, being just pushed out through the environment or fixing later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's a constant theme that we constantly are reviewing here with our with all of our clients. Um, and bringing that to the point, we've seen. Uh, continuous monitoring is always a big topic especially with nist when NIST came out with their 800 171 standard um how does continuous monitoring we kind of just spoke about this a little bit before but especially with the compliance tools that you had mentioned how does that make things easier and more attainable Mm -hmm. um, with the cloud saying using ami images using golden images like that um you know with the continuous monitoring approach because we're seeing a lot of the standards and a lot of compliance have to say now that you know, before it was, we did quarterly scans or mm-hmm. we did monthly scans and now they're moving towards, you have to know when you're vulnerable, like the, the minute of, like you mm-hmm. could run a report now and show me where you're vulnerable. Um, how does the cloud make that more attainable?
1: So I'd say it makes it more attainable um, by the use of automation, right? I mean, automation is much easier mm-hmm. to do in cloud. Um, it's Everything is a lot less manual. So automation coupled with excellent logging. You have to make sure you have all the right logs in place. Um, that really allows for you know the automation and the excellent logging allows for continuous monitoring um, in many aspects of security, whether it's misconfigurations, whether it's vulnerabilities, whether it's just sec ops and mm-hmm. monitoring for security incidents. Uh, those are the two components.
0: And lastly, Patty, what benefits have you seen from performing vulnerability management program within the cloud? Because we see a lot of, of benefits just in general of you saying, you know, go there um, you know, first, go there quick, go there often, mm-hmm. you know, to stop and reduce a lot of the risk. But um, what do you see, like, from more just a, a professional perspective of yeah. why the cloud has helped your program?
1: Well, I think it goes back to the, the point we were talking about earlier with continuous assessments, right? With vulnerability management of applications, systems, network, we've seen that real-time continuous assessments are possible, are more possible in the cloud. right? At the very least, um, much more frequent scanning, automated feedback loops to developers is possible in the cloud versus on-prem. Delivering vulnerability results directly to the engineering teams as they develop code and build their environments is easier in the cloud. With the introduction of CICD pipelines and automated builds, tests, and deployment methods, um, we have the ability to embed vulnerability management capabilities right into the developer's automated pipelines, mm-hmm. right? So using this approach, which is generally referred to as shift left, and we talked about that before, um, you can shift security testing to be performed very early and often in the development process. Um, it's then part of your development team's day-to-day work, it's no longer some large list of vulnerabilities delivered to them by the security team after they've completed their work. Um, generally, as we all know, any, anybody that's in the security field knows, that's when things are understandably frustrating to developers, right? When you're kind of throwing it over to mm-hmm. the wall to them after a scan has been done, whether you're doing it on a monthly basis. So this shift left concept, which leads to developers having immediate identification, Of vulnerabilities and they'll learn from this process that's really what what we're seeing huge benefits in the cloud. I mean one other thing I would say though you know um, you know it's this is a journey right this is not something that happens overnight and I think companies and folks in the security field have to realize that Um, it's not just gonna be a tool that you buy or a service that you subscribe to. Mm -hmm. Right? This takes a lot of thought and a lot of time, as well as a lot of mistakes that you're going to make along the sure. way. Right, So we have some engineering teams within our own company who have embraced the adoption of continuous testing and the self-identification of vulnerabilities. Um, we have teams that are still working on getting there, Right, but, but the teams who have embraced this whole shift left concept, um, they very rarely have vulnerabilities to fix. And then the security team continues to do our own scanning, but generally we don't don't find anything in their environments. Um, It also takes both the security and the engineering teams to be open to changing how security is traditionally done, right? Security has to become part of the engineering team's mindset, and they have to be open to that fact Uh, with securing their code and their systems and their environment. It's really their job. Uh, they really have to build good solid you know relationships with the security teams and the engineers they kind of have to come together and the last very last thing i would say though is you know find supporters as a security (laughs) person find supporters of uh what we're calling security champions right within the engineering teams and the architecture teams that are going to help champion these changes and help to build security culture within the organization because we can't do it on our own Yep.
0: (laughs) no and that you know, that being said, this is a relationship. Security is always a relationship. It's always something that we are failing forward with, and that's a good point that you mentioned before on consistently moving forward your program through your journey of vulnerability management in the cloud. So I want to thank you for spending the the past couple of minutes explaining to our listeners exactly how you do things, and hopefully they have some good information from this that so they can go out and um, push into their into their programs and mature up uh, as much as you guys have. So I want to thank you, Patty, for for coming out. Um, This has been Episode 12 of CISO Speak, Vulnerability Management in the Cloud with Patty Smith of Cox Automotive.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.